I can't hear anything. Happy Friday and welcome to the greatest show about plastic surgery, health, and beauty on the internet. This is Nip Talk. Today we got a great show for you. First off, is AI going to replace your doctors? I don't know, maybe. Next, we got now two plastic surgeons charged with murder. This new story is even more unbelievable than the first. We're going to go over both again and it's happening right now. Metroplex, this is Nip Talk, an honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle with your host, plastic surgeon Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co-host, entrepreneur and social media influencer Sarah Bennett. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We really, really do appreciate it. Please leave us a like, leave us a description, and please leave a comment. We want to hear from you about what topics we might do next. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman, and with me, as always, is the great Sarah Bennett. Hello. What's going on, Sarah? <laughs> In the box is Trelvis. Trelvis, how you doing, buddy? Always good to see you. I'm good. How about you? Doing great. It's good to see you after a holiday, holiday week, right? Yeah, well, Easter, it right? Week, weekend. It was Easter weekend. Yeah, yeah Easter weekend. It, just paid. I forgot about that. Yeah, it seems like it was weird not doing a show mm -hmm. last Friday. I mean, we've I, been pretty consistent. We've been like super consistent. And so we did like, you know, a best of show last week. And um, it felt weird. It felt weird not prepping for the show. It felt weird not doing the show. Like Friday, I just kind of wandered around aimlessly and didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I didn't. I had to dro I drove all the way to Houston. Did you? I actually yeah, had a super family. Yeah. You, you spent time with family? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I ended up having a super busy Friday because we didn't have the show. I had some cases I had to get done. So I ended up working really late on Friday. And then, of course, you know, we had the uh, Easter weekend. So mm -hmm. so you went down to Houston with family? Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I got there at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. My daughter was still just like wide awake. She's like, I oh, need no. to see my cousin. Oh, because she's excited yeah. to see everybody. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Travis, do you stay in town or did you go somewhere, buddy, or what? Um, I did stay in town. Um, I, I actually got stuck in traffic. So, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I got stuck in traffic and then I had to be up super early the next day. Okay. So, I, I just called my family and was like, hey, I'm not going to make it. Y'all just saved me a plate. Oh, man, I hate to <laughs> like, hear that. Yeah. Dude. Oh, if I didn't know that you come hang. Where's your family here in town or elsewhere? They are. They're like, they out in Oak Cliff. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm coming from like Arlington because I was coming from work. I got uh, you. And then it just, it didn't work out. So. Oh man, bummer. But it's okay. It's all right. So do we had the pretty, so we had family over for Easter and um, we had this kind of really kind of odd conversation. So I'm going to get you guys' input on this and I'm a little afraid to talk an about it. Odd family I'm, conversation. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, this one's kind of an odd one and I'm a little like nervous to talk about it because there's somebody I, I don't really want to know <laughs> that, oh, what gosh. we're going to talk about. And I don't think they watch the show, so I think we're safe. So my mom... <laughs> is so my mom love her death she's she's 87 years old going on like 40. like mm -hmm. this lady's got like works full-time still she's a docent at the bush presidential library she works at my brother's store i mean she's super active right but she's 87 years old so she, she proceeds to tell me that she's going skydiving yeah now <laughs> i which i don't even ever want to go skydiving so That's a no yeah so She's like, well, I want to tell you something. I want you to be mad at me. I'm like, okay. Because I'm not that kind of person, really. But she's like, so I'm going skydiving. I'm like, ooh. I was like, it's like, well, I mean, I do have to say I'm a little, you know, nervous. Not like the parachute's not going to open, but just the fact that, you know, you're 87 and like the sudden deceleration when you open the parachute, I mean, that can be pretty jarring and potentially an older person could cause, you know, some injury. 
Yeah. And uh, you know, that's so I said 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 my piece or whatever about it. But like, I'm, I, number one, I'm, I can't I can't talk my mom out of doing something. If she says Absolutely. she's going skydiving, she's gonna go skydiving, and I don't care if Jesus comes down from heaven. Does and she like? Her, does she usually like doing like wild stuff like that? I mean, or is this kind of like just her? She, I, I don't know. I mean, a little like of yes and no. I mean, she's not like a you know, base jumping, you know, skydiving, bungee jumping kind of person normally. But I mean, I wasn't shocked when she told me. But here's the all right. So here's the controversial part. Okay, so I have two brothers. Okay. They're both <laughs> older than me, and so the middle brother is the one that bought her this thing. Okay. The, the skydiving, skydiving event, right? The pegs. Yeah, and so my oldest brother, like, he's really. I don't know, like protective. Like, so a few years ago, I bought my, well, me and my middle brother bought my mom a lawnmower because she loves to work in the yard. So, you know, she had an old gasoline one you had to pull and like, it was hard for her. So we bought her an electric lawnmower. And my oldest brother gave me so much crap about that. Like, he was just like, why would you buy her a lawnmower? You know, it's really <laughs> dangerous. I'm like, I mean, dude, she's like mowing her lawn right now. Like what's, this one's actually safer. And I, I don't know, I just kind of blew it off that he, he was really kind of upset with me yeah. that I did that. So I know when he finds out, he's going to freak out. Like yeah. He's going to like lose his mind. He's going to like bar from going. I know. I is it is it indoor skydiving or is it like an actual plane? No, it's like of? she's jumping out of an airplane, man. Oh, like, wow. So, so but the like, thing is with that too, though, she has an instructor strapped to her, Yeah, right? yeah, I know. It's tandem jumping. Yeah, yeah, so I mean. I mean, she's not like base jumping off of like an antenna or a building <laughs> or something. <laughs> but it's like out of an airplane. Imagine her scaling the building, getting to the top, and then base jumping off. <laughs> I mean. She'd be the coolest. I guess she figures it. I mean. She's like, I've always wanted to do it, so I'm gonna I mean, do it. I don't it. see an issue with it. I don't. I mean, I'm a little nervous. Of just, course, but you know, like, have I you just, ever been skydiving? No, I haven't. But I mean, I do dangerous stuff like all the time, so I feel like <laughs> I, I don't need to add to my list of dangerous activities. Like, I mean, I played ice hockey. I ride motorcycles all the time. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to push it. But I'm really nervous about my brother finding out. And I feel like I'm going to get in trouble because I didn't tell him. And I was like, I don't even want to know what you're doing. Don't tell me. Now I'm an accomplice Take, in this. Just be like, if it'll make you feel better, I'll hide the lawnmower from mom. <laughs> I know, right, man? I know I'm going to be the one that gets in trouble. Hide it. He's going to be really oh, mad man. at my brother that did it, obviously. But then he's going to be mad at me because I didn't say anything. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't, I'm worried because... So, we're, so my, my son actually is an Eagle Scout, and he's having his Eagle Scout ceremony in like a week or two. Mm. And like everyone's together, and it's like the day before they're doing this. And so my wife's really nervous that this is all going to come out, and there's going to be like some sort of fist fight between my two brothers <laughs> and my son's Eagle Scout ceremony. <laughs> Are they known to like, like, like get physical? I mean, not like fight, but they do wrestle a little bit like they, you they know. butt head. I mean, they're old people, man. Like, I mean, I'm the youngest one, so Absolutely. like these are not like young guys, right? But they get a little know. rough. That's funny. Well, I don't I'm know. sure to work itself out. They're just grumpy old men. Yeah, basically. But I don't I'm know. Sure. I'm nervous about it. <laughs> I'm sure to work itself too. out. All right. I'll give you guys an update on this. All right, I, for sure. I hope my mom, I think she'll be all right. I, sh I know she'll be all right. She, we're going to put it in the air. There's so my wife, many people that have jumped out of planes. Right. I, in fact, so. I heard that, that What's the George difference? Bush Sr. jumped out of airplanes up until he was like 90 or 95 years old. Well, he's a pilot, so. Yeah. I was just more nervous about the age thing. son? Yeah, and so George W. They was They were too. both pilots. Right? Yeah, they're both pilots, yeah. right. But, I mean, like, that's just like, I mean, that just tells you how many times has he jumped out of a plane and he's just fine. Yeah, I know. He's fine. But when I heard that, I was like, okay, well, he was 90 and he did okay. My mom's actually in pretty good shape, so, hmm. so yeah. yeah. He's, he's My like wife was kind of like, aren't you upset about this? I'm like, 
like, babe, I'm, I can't talk her out of it. Like, what am I supposed to do here? Like, throw a fit? I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to talk your parent out of something. She's the parent. I know. <laughs> well, in certain people, right? It's like, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of the same way. It's like, I would I'm, be freaked out if my mom said that she was going to jump out of an airplane. I'd be like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Because yeah. my mom does not do anything that's Yeah, like, I wasn't super scary. surprised. I was just like, oh, okay, that's about right. That adds up. <laughs> that adds Checks up. Out. Yeah. Checks out. Okay. Checks out. Cool. Anyway. All right. Well, I'll keep you guys updated on my family drama. And uh, hopefully my, bro- my oldest brother isn't watching. Is if there somebody fight- typing right now? Is my brother typing? on the live stream i don't see them at this okay. point if they do fight we gotta record it for the show okay oh my god yeah i'll take some video of them like going at world star <laughs> all right good 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 opening segment. oh wait cindy herman said it's all bad, it's all bad. <laughs> this is why i'm glad i'm the only child <laughs> Thanks, babe. Thanks, babe. It's all bad. <laughs> oh man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can go on. Okay, all right. Sarah, I just noticed you're on a couch. I love the couch. Can we, can we get a wide screen? Yeah, the couch. It's very cool. I think yeah, we're, we're gonna start. There's more of the couch. Yeah, there is. It's more like of the couch, my. Yeah. There is. I don't have an angle for it though. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. All right. Very good. All right. Let's move on to our first segment. Okay. So this is a good one. And it's actually really interesting. I did some field work here. Me and another doctor did some field work on is. AI going to replace doctors? I mean, it's not an unusual, you know, it's not a crazy question. Um, you know, there's been a whole lot of talk. We've been talking about ChatGPT on different episodes yeah. and, you know, ChatGPT is kind of taken over the world here, it seems like. And so, you know, the next question is, is AI going to, you know, potentially replace healthcare providers? And so I did a little research first, mm-hmm. like on AI and medicine, and then I did some actual ChatGPT research, which is the really interesting part. So, like, in the history of, like, AI and medicine, there, it goes all the way back into the 70s, you know, and it depends on what you want to think of as AI. I mean, any kind of program that's processing information could potentially be thought of as an artificial intelligence. So, yeah. they were doing simple algorithm programs in the 70s and 80s, and then into the 90s, there was, like, actually AI that learned, so it would learn from its mistakes. Um, and, you know, it's basically... It went from kind of a rule-based program into like a learning algorithm. But, you know, as someone who's been interested in AIs and been farting around with them for decades, like they've pretty much sucked up until recently, or I, I think they have. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of looking like, okay, so what are like the pros of having like an AI be involved in your healthcare? Well, I mean, first off, AI is super intelligent. I mean, if you've ever messed around with ChatGPT, I mean, it knows literally everything that the internet knows, which yeah. is a lot. And so... You know, it's hard to compete with it. I, I can't beat, you know, ChatGPT in, in a trivia contest, man. It would crush me. Um, so that's, you know, potentially important. Um, it potentially can improve patient outcomes, you know, yeah. uh, if it was used in, uh, in medicine because it, it, it rarely makes mistakes. And, and, and it could save money, right? I mean, healthcare is, is really expensive these days. Everyone's talking about the cost of healthcare and potentially AI could could have cost savings from efficiency. Mm-hmm. As far as like the cons, I mean, you get the lack of empathy and I get that even when I talk to ChatGPT. I mean, it is like talking to, you know, like a robot from like the seventies. Like it doesn't, it's not like the cool robots on like iRobot or like the movies. Yeah, you know, it's like that, talking to Siri or something. Yeah, it's like talking to Siri. It's like very, you or know, Alexa. like straightforward, black and white. You know, it has very little emotion. Um, you know, AI does have a potential for errors. I mean, even ChatGPT has been known to make mistakes because it's, it's getting information from a database. And of course, the database is the internet, but the internet's not always right. Okay. And so yeah. it is possible for, 
for AI to make uh, mistakes. You know, another thing about having AI in healthcare or AI, you know, making diagnoses is that it does make a dependency on technology, which is really interesting. I'm going to talk about this later. It's like whenever I first started doing medicine and you get an EKG, which is like the little heart rhythm on people, mm -hmm. the doctors had to read them. Like yeah. we had to literally like look at it and be like, okay, this part's elevated. So that's a potential, you know, heart attack or these beats are too close. So that's an arrhythmia. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened in the mid 2000s roughly is there was software in the EKG machine, which read it for you. Oh. And so it was kind of nice because if you weren't super good at reading AKGs, then you didn't have to really worry about it because the machine would read it. Yeah, but what was happened no was errors. you became dependent on it. Yeah. And then if you ever had an issue where the machine didn't read it, you're like, what? I don't, well, there's, do I, don't know what job. The, I don't know what these lines mean, right? Yeah. And so the dependence on technology is kind of a thing. Also privacy of data, you know, because an AI would have to have access to medical records. And so there's the question of, can the AI be held responsible for privacy? Um, unequal access, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not always technology of the highest level in every location in the right. world and even the United States. And so is it unfair that AI is getting great results in one place and people aren't getting it at the other? Uh, and then lastly, legal challenges. What if a AI makes a mistake? Like who gets sued? The AI company? Is it um, you know the doctor that's assisting the AI? So there are some potential cons. and you know, there's actually a lot of current uses of AI in medicine. Now, I will say, outside of little things like the EKG machine reading EKG, I personally don't see a lot of it. I have noticed in some of the EMRs, which is the medical records in the hospital, that okay. there are programs assessing data and making recommendations to me, which I usually promptly ignore because they're not super great. Yeah. Um, and that is a form of AI. It's, it's looking at data and making a diagnosis. Um, also, uh, there are some AIs in like the robot assisted surgery that are helping with like the feedback and stuff. Now, these aren't AIs like ChatGPT. These are just like learning programs that are helping us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the big question is like, what does the future hold? Is AI going to augment, you know, doctors? Or is it potential that AI is going to actually replace doctors? And so I, I think all these things are really interesting questions. And I don't know if there's a lot of people asking these questions. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of put an AI to the test. And so, you know, right now the best AI is ChatGPT. We talk about, it, I think every week, I use it literally every day at this point in my life. I don't, have you got on yet? <laughs> You're killing me, Sarah. <laughs> Travis, tell me you've got on ChatGPT. Have you? I'm still scared of this thing. Oh my God. <laughs> I, am, I am still scared of this thing. Okay. All right. So I have been using it every day. And so, um, I got on a, uh, kind of a zoom call. Actually, we were on discord. I don't know if people know what discord is, but yeah, me and me and my buddy, uh, Dr. Tim Bechtel, who is a excellent general and trauma surgeon out in California, uh, got on, on Discord together and I was telling him about my idea of like, you know, let's test this AI to see if it can diagnose problems. Well, he's a general trauma surgeon. I'm an ex-general surgeon, now plastic surgeon. Like we have a very rich, diverse, you know, knowledge base between the two of us. So we came up with some patient scenarios and we were going to test ChatGPT no, if like us knowing what the answer was, we were giving like little bits of information to it to see if it could figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually really, really interesting. So at first I logged on ChatGPT and of course I got my friend like on the headset. I was like, okay, I'm going to tell it that I need it to make a diagnosis. Well, the first thing that ChatGPT told me is like, I am not qualified to do this. You need to go see a healthcare provider. And I was like, okay, that's good. Right. I mean, you know, you want the AI to uh, to accept that it's not 
a, a doctor, mm -hmm. and it said that, and, and it, it flat out refused to do it at first, but I've learned that you can trick chat GPT into doing things it doesn't want to do by saying that we're having a simulation. So I said, we're going to have a simulation where I'm a patient and you're a doctor, and I want you to try and figure out a diagnosis, and then it'll do it. So you can, you can bypass its little, little warning. So the first thing that we did, uh, so the diagnosis we came up with was, was small bowel obstruction, okay? That's okay. a classic thing that people come into the uh, ER with. It's caused by a lot of different things. Uh, most commonly, if people have previous abdominal surgery, they get scarring in the abdomen, the intestines kind of wrap around the scarring, the bowels get obstructed, cause a whole bunch of problems, can potentially be life-threatening, um, but generally it's not something you know critical, but somewhat serious. So that was what we, we wanted it to guess. And so the symptoms we gave were abdominal pain and vomiting. So that'd be, that'd be classic symptoms for small bowel obstruction, but also could be about 50 other things as well. Right. So it started out by listing some potential diagnoses. And I was like, well, okay, how do I know if, how, how do I know which of these diagnoses do I possibly have? And it said, well, let me, let me ask you some questions. And so it listed 10 questions that it wanted to know about my problem. Mm -hmm. And I answered all 10 questions and it came up with a differential diagnosis. So a differential diagnosis in medicine is like a list of possible answers. That's what okay. that means. So it came up with a differential diagnosis of constipation, small bowel obstruction, and hernia. Okay. Which was really, really smart. And I said, okay, well, based on that, how would you determine which of these things it is? And it said, well, I would order lab work, a test of your stool, and some x-rays. And I said, okay, I got those tests and these are the answers. And it said, you have a small bowel obstruction. I was like, damn. Okay, all right. It was accurate? It was 100% accurate. Wow. Yeah, mm. very accurate. And so, so then I was like, okay, well, next question, because I want to give it a bunch of them. I was like, I'm going to ask it about necrotizing fasciitis, which we all yeah. know about because we did a segment on a couple weeks ago. If you haven't seen the necrotizing fasciitis segment, please go and check it out. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, it'll be ingrained Wait, did you in see... your brain forever. <laughs> Travis, you didn't see the pictures of that one, did you? You were gone that day. Mm, no, 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 I did. Oh, I did? was here. I was actually here that day. Oh, okay. I yeah, thought that's the flesh-eating uh, disease, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. flesh-eating bacteria. Yeah. Uh -huh. The guy lost yeah. his okay. stuff. All right. So I, that was what I wanted it to guess. And I gave it the very vague symptom. I have a small cut on my arm, and it's really, really painful, and it's got a weird color around it, which would be classic for necrotizing fasciitis. Okay, but not like – I didn't – that to make the diagnosis require a lot – but I mean, that's kind of what I like. What like a normal patient would say? Yes. Yeah. If somebody had necrotizing fasciitis and it was very early, they would say something just like that. Yeah. And so I typed that in there, and its response was, "Well, it, it could just be cellulitis, but you should be concerned that it might be necrotizing fasciitis." <laughs> and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like it just instantly like was absolutely correct because, yes, necrotizing fasciitis is a type of cellulitis or infection that is you know more severe and it it just nailed both of them it was like it's probably this but you should be concerned about necrotizing fasciitis because these symptoms are blah blah blah, blah and it lists out like all the symptoms for it and i was like holy crap i didn't even you know i didn't even have to go through anything like it knew it like instantaneously and then, and i didn't like give it away like i mean i i mean that's just like a breadcrumb yeah you know that's a breadcrumb that you would give maybe a surgical resident to be like hey i'm gonna throw something out there and see if you can figure it out and you give that breadcrumb and you would hope that they got it right. And it, it like nailed it. So I was like, okay, we're going to get like serious now. <laughs> so like, I mean, we're starting to go obscure, right? Because this yeah. thing is like crushing these diagnoses. So we, we gave it a sister Mary Joseph node. So a sister, this is so rare that like when my, that my friend, 
Dr. Bechtel suggested this one. And um, I was like, wait, is that the one? I had to like think about it myself. And so what it is is when you get a lymph node enlargement of your belly button that's due to a gastric cancer. I mean, it's so obscure, so rare. And so we just described it. I have a mass in my belly button. What could it be? So it started out going through like the most common things because common things are common, like a cyst, you know, a lipoma, which is a fatty tumor. And then we kind of gave it a breadcrumb of, well, I also am having some like kind of odd, you know, abdominal pains. And so it, it went through like a bunch of potential things. And then it went through a differential and sure enough, gastric cancer, which is what we were looking for mm -hmm. popped up. And we said, okay, what would you do to, you know, figure it out? And I said, well, I would do an upper GI scope, which yeah. would hundred percent diagnose what it was. They like got it right. Like it took it a little bit of time, but like it, it figured it out. And so I was, okay, well, let me ask it a plastic surgery question, right? I mean, something like a specialist. And so I was going to do capsular contracture, which as we've talked about is when someone has a breast implant okay. and you get scarring around yeah. it and it feels hard. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it can cause like some pain. And so I said, okay, you know, I'm a female. Um, I have some pain in my breast. And so it, it started going through some differentials, like, you know, it's probably not breast cancer because it's painful, but, you know, you maybe get some x-rays. And it says, have you had any surgery? And I was like, well, yeah, I have breast implants. And it goes, oh, well, most likely it's capsular contracture. I mean, it just, it just, it just nailed it's it. It's crazy because it's like, think about how many, like how much access this, com like the computer, robot, whatever you want to say, has to medical journals, articles, yeah. like all over the world. And then right. like, it's like, it's like super smart. Like it knows everything. I mean, it does know everything. Yeah. And so we did, we did uh, pancreatitis, which is um, when your pancreas gets inflamed and we gave it some kind of like, I mean, it's, you know, there's just a, there's certain setting or certain symptoms for that. We tossed them out there it nailed that. And so the last one we did, we're like, okay, we got to come up with something super obscure because this thing is just like, like, it's like crushing all of these things. So we decided to, to, say that we had depression but our symptom was not sleeping well which is a very like m down the list of symptoms of depression mm -hmm. and then we tried to trick it by saying that we had sleep apnea because sleep apnea um is uh something that would cause you to not sleep well yeah. but we wanted to come up with depression and so i will tell you when we said sleep apnea that it really got hung up on sleep apnea like it was like well you're not sleeping well because you have sleep apnea and we're like well could it be anything else and and it was like, well, it's probably sleep apnea because most people have sleep apnea, don't sleep well. <laughs> and then it like, you know, it listed some other things and it did go into mental health stuff. But um, I would say that was probably of all of these things, the biggest Achilles heel of it is that in the instance where somebody has a disease and they have a symptom or a, an issue that causes or sorry, and somebody has a symptom and they have a disease that causes the symptom, it does get hung up on that versus I think a doctor would say, okay, well, are there potentially any other things that could be causing it? Mm -hmm. And so I, I will tell you, um, the thing did really, really, really well, like nailing. I mean, it, it was as smart as, I mean, as a doctor would be, honestly, yeah. it knows the right questions to ask and it knows all the information and, you know, I'm not in any way, by the way, in any form or fashion, advocating that you go to ChatGPT to solve your medical You're issues. You're pro-robot. Please Get do not here. do that. That is the <laughs> wrong thing to do. Go see a doctor for the reasons that we stated. But it does, it does bring up some questions of, you know, what is the future of this? I mean, because you could, I mean, potentially you could take somebody 
who had maybe less knowledge than a doctor, say a nurse, I'm, I'm gonna throw a nurse out there as somebody you know, who's not quite a doctor but medically you know, knowledgeable, and, and you could probably set up a clinic uh, with a nurse and an AI and bring patients in and, and, and make the right diagnoses probably 99% of the time. Yeah. I feel like though I feel like personally I think that there are situations and I'm sure you could probably uh, confirm this that like when like all signs point to like one thing yeah and it's not working out you know it's like does would a computer be able to use their instincts right yeah I mean yeah or experience the issue? Yeah. yeah that's the other thing too is um, it's funny I was just talking to uh, I was at the hospital before I came here. And it's another necrotizing fasciitis patient. I have another one, uh, and it's it's on the. We need to figure out where these people are going so we don't get this. <laughs> yeah, I know this one's this one's on the scrotum, and um, uh, you know I was again, yeah, right. I've had three in a year now, and I was telling the guy, and his fortunately his his issues are not that bad. Yeah. Um, I was telling him I was like, man, this is like the third one of these I had in a year. I was like, dude, don't worry, I can get you you know fixed. He's like, you've done three of these in a year. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's just you know, I mean, I get hard stuff, but like. Uh, and I was thinking, I was like, well, okay, I mean, I'm an experienced, you know, versus an AI, I, I mean, I'm, it, it, I'm not sure it has the capacity at this point to learn from each individual patient. Yeah. You know, it's basically pulling data off the internet, which, granted, it makes it the smartest entity in the world. Um, but yeah, it does lack, like, instinct and empathy, as we talked about. You know, I mean, how cold would it be to, like, if you're having some disease and you go talk to yeah, a computer? Yeah, like if you have cancer. Yeah, right? Like, uh, Sorry, you will die. <laughs> yeah, the computer's like, yeah, it's over. It's over. One thing I have been seeing with yeah. the whole um, chat GPT and, like, the medical field is that, like, it is predicting people, well, like, in some cases, it's predicting people um, that have potential, like, health issues or, like, yeah. diseases. Oh, like, sure. It can predict that you may, like, develop cancer just based off of your... Inputs. Yeah, that you mm -hmm. input into it. Like, is that something that may, like, expand, I guess, yeah. as we move forward with it? For sure. I mean, I yeah. think that that's definitely a potential application for it. I, you mean, know? I mean, think about it. You can go to Google right now and be like, my... You can give them all the symptoms, the search so, engine of mm -hmm. Google, and it'll yeah, give nice. you a list of things the, that could possibly be The problem be is, wrong. and what differentiates ChatGPT from Google is, with Google, you have to wade through that information. Yeah, versus sure. ChatGPT does that part for you. Yeah. And that's what I think mm -hmm. makes it so unique, you know, and, and it's why I, I've it's kind of It's going to be used... really bad for people who have hypochondria. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like... Once again, do not use ChatGPT to diagnose your medical God. problems. I, we are not saying You're that. You're like, ChatGPT told me I was going to die. The doctor's like, you might. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, um, well, I'm sorry. I, like, I was telling a joke. <laughs> I like, completely lost my train. But no, we were talking about ChatGPT and Google and stuff. And, um, you know, it does kind of eliminate the potential human error of the assimilation of data. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I, as I said, I, I have replaced Google with ChatGPT at this point. <coughs> I have a ChatGPT window pulled up on my phone at all times. And when I want to know stuff, I, I will commonly go to it, you know, especially from like a data standpoint, because you can have it pull, you know, research articles about whatever you want and cite them. I mean, it's just You know, crazy. it's interesting. Yeah. I want to, when I, I'm going to test it with a medical thing because I went to the doctor whenever I was having what I thought were simple partial seizures. Okay. 
when yeah, I was like, yeah, when I was like in my 20s, early uh-huh. 20s. And I went there and I said, there's something wrong. Like these aren't normal headaches or migraines or whatever. Right. And I was telling her the symptoms because I had looked it up on like WebMD. Like, right, which is really dangerous. Like all of that stuff. And I was like trying to figure out like what could this possibly because this doesn't yeah. seem right. So I went to the doctor and she's like, oh, you're just having migraines. So she prescribed me migraine medicine but i had a seizure like a couple yeah. of months later so Crazy. i wonder if i gave my symptoms to chat gbt dude try that's your homework and then and then it was like you are having seizures do it yeah i wonder please try it that's interesting i want a full report next friday i have okay hopefully right, it'll let I'm me in last again. time it wouldn't let me in <laughs> Uh, you can get in. Once again, please do not use ChatGPT to diagnose your medical problems. This is for if you have a medical problem, research. <laughs> go see a doctor. Don't get on the internet. We are trained professionals. Do not do what we do. Okay, <laughs> making that clear. Just say, just do what we say. <laughs> All right, ChatGPT is taking over the world. I like it. I once again, I'm a big proponent of it. I'm kind of nervous that it's going to change our lives as we know it, but I am welcoming welcoming our new overlords. So. <laughs> Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on to some Might more craziness. Might as well use them before they take over. More craziness. <laughs> I mean, we just literally had a segment last week about a plastic surgeon charged with murder. There is now another plastic surgeon charged with murder. And this one, man, I, it, it's crazy. It's, it's different than the last one. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what makes this story so shocking because, and we're going we're gonna to revisit the, the story we talked about last week um in in a minute uh but this one is really uh, unusual because he's charged with murder in how he was treating a patient not that you know the first the last guy allegedly um you know killed a guy uh this is an incident yeah, like where he actually like killed them <laughs> allegedly <laughs> this incident uh is different because this is re- this is about a patient who died under their care and what makes that unusual is you usually would never see, you know, a doctor charged with like, like crime for that. And, you know, the first one that really kind of hit that was a big deal was Dr. Death, Christopher Dunch. You've heard the Dr. Death podcast. Mm-hmm. So he was a spine surgeon here in Dallas, Texas, and he had some super bad outcomes. People died, paralyzed, and they actually charged him with a crime, which is unusual because, you know, you can get charged with malpractice, but that's usually a civil case, not a criminal case. Mm-hmm. And Dunch is serving a life sentence, you know, in jail for what they, what they um, pinned on him. Yeah. So the San Diego DA is charging a plastic surgeon uh, with the murder. It was initially involuntary manslaughter. And as they looked at the evidence, they increased that to actual murder. Uh, and the doctor's name is Carlos Chacon. I think I got a picture of him. Travis, throw that up there if you would. That's him. Um, him and I are almost the same age because I looked at when he is was he going. Is he from Florida? He is not from Florida. He's from California. <laughs> That's a great question. Sarah, you, normally you would be right. This time you're not, but don't worry. Uh, California. Um, as I said, he initially was charged with involuntary manslaughter. And this is a case that happened, I think, back in 2018. Uh, a very nice woman, Megan Espinoza, 36, mother of two, went into cardiac arrest during a breast augmentation. And uh, so right off the bat, like, you know, I'm reading the data on this, right? And so once again, this is an alleged thing. This guy's not been convicted of anything. This is all news i'm pulling from the police reports and everything and so we're just going to discuss it so as i said this mother 36 year old mother too went in for a breast augmentation and had cardiac arrest so right off the bat i'm alarmed by that i mean that should not happen you know i mean anything can happen 
But statistically, a 36-year-old having a very routine, non-life-threatening case yeah. should not go into cardiac arrest. That just something bad had to have happened. Mm -hmm. That's not just a random occurrence. So that immediately when I read that, I was like, this is not good. What, it gets worse. I mean, it, gets, it just goes from bad to worse to worse to worse and worse. So allegedly, while she was having this cardiac event, he left the OR and went and had consultations with four other patients while she was having this medical emergency. This is like in, in the- And who was there? His nurses? A nurse, yeah, a nurse, yeah. Uh, which is crazy. So they were doing it at a uh, doctor OR. So this is not like a surgery center. Like this is like a in office OR kind of setting. It gets even worse. So apparently, allegedly, he refused to call 911 when this lady went into cardiac arrest. Like they said, okay, she's having a, a cardiac event. We need to call 911. He's like, no, we don't. And then his his staff wanted to call 911, and he he said, you no, you cannot call 911. This is you know reported allegedly. Uh, so three hours went by from the time that this cardiac event started before he finally did call 911. Three hours. So so pretty much he could have saved his, her life, but he chose not to. I mean, that's what I guess the DA thinks yeah. and why they're charging him with murder. It gets even worse. He was using an improperly trained nurse to administer the anesthesia, which all this is alarming. You know, that means that this was not a general anesthesia because the nurse wouldn't be able to do general. So this was like a, a Bryce augmentation under local with probably some sedation, you know, maybe IV sedation. I'm going to get to why I think she went into cardiac arrest in a minute. Um, but yeah, that's just crazy. Like having someone improperly trained giving anesthesia, I mean, that's just nutso. I mean, I just, I, I just couldn't believe it. Apparently he lied to the husband and said that she was doing fine when he called and asked, why is this taking so long? And he yeah. was like, oh, she's fine. There's been no problems, you know. And then he, when he finally called 911, it wasn't said exactly what he told them, but apparently he lied to the 911 operators about what events had happened, you know, and they had that recorded. Mm -hmm. you know, and this all alleged, this is in the, the DA's complaints. Now, what's crazy is, and this is, when I read this, I was just flabbergasted. Apparently, this guy still has his medical license. Um, California has not pulled his medical license as of yet. Um, I, I assume that when this new stuff came out that they have to be looking at it. So he was arrested. Uh, he's now out on bail. He had a half million dollar bail, which he paid. And then the stipulations that they put on him, no surgery in an unaccredited facility, which is what he was doing. He has to notify patients that he's facing a murder charge. And then also he has to use, any, he has to use qualified anesthesia for, for any cases that he does. Like, what? I mean, that's crazy. I can't believe that he still has his medical license. So if he, <laughs> sits, if he sits down with a patient yeah. and they are about to do, like, um, business or operation. A consult. Yeah, a consult. Yep. He has to tell them, yeah, uh, I did kill somebody and I am on. Uh, that's like, right. Like, yeah, yeah that's like, like, like I've been investigating. That's like a, a teacher being interviewed and be like, also, I'm a child molester. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> Can I can I teach this kindergarten? I think immediately you get up like okay, oh <laughs> this consultation Sarah. is over, sir. Dude, Sarah, that was a slam dunk, man. That was a good one. That's it's wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I can only assume that he. I mean, because he has. Okay, so I, I I don't know this for fact, but I think if anybody's like, also I'm a murderer. That's when you're like, cool. Peace I'm out. Gonna... <laughs> no, but like I think that with think any the, conversation, the possibility of him practicing medicine right now is probably 0% because he has to do it in an accredited facility. And as someone who does 
do credentialing at a surgery center. If somebody pops in with something crazy like that, then the answer is no. I mean, well, like so to me, I, it's like obviously this guy lacks any type of empathy and shouldn't allegedly. be allowed. Yeah, allegedly, allegedly <laughs> lacks any kind of empathy and shouldn't be allowed to have patience in his yeah. like taking care of somebody's life. That is yeah. like I have to say. All right, so first off, ew. what do we? What can we learn from this? Right? I mean, we don't just talk about things because they're sensational. We talk about things because what can we learn? What can we teach people, you know, to avoid a similar incident happening to you? And so I, you know, I want to talk about what can we learn from this? All right, so what do we think happened? All right, so as a doctor, I would guess, and I don't know, but I would guess the most likely reason that she had a cardiac event is because if they weren't giving her anesthesia, they were doing this under local, which means they were using lidocaine or marcaine, and that stuff is toxic at high doses. And as someone who delved into doing local breast augmentations, I, I've done two in my lifetime, which I actually did in a surgery center. I did not do them in an office. I was able to do two breast augmentations that are local, but there is the concern of people getting too much lidocaine or marcaine. And you know what the uh, toxicity is if you get too much lidocaine? Sarah, what happened to this girl? Heart attack? Yes, <laughs> cardiac arrest, you're right, very good. Uh, didn't mean to put you on the spot. I was uh, like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, if you get too much I'm not lidocaine or marcaine. Chat GPT, okay. Huh? I said I'm not Chat GPT. Okay. But you're like Chat GPT's little sister. Oh sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, I would guess that's what happened. The other, the other explanation could be uh, that she had some sort of aspiration event, like they gave her too much like Valium or something. She regurgitated and aspirated into her lungs, and then that caused her to go into cardiac arrest. Or the other thing might be a pneumothorax, which is where you get a hole in the chest wall. Because when you're doing a breast augmentation, you are shaving you know, right along the chest wall. And theoretically, it would be possible to give someone pneumothorax. That would be a super, super rare, almost unheard of type of complication, but it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. But the most likely thing that happened is a anesthetic toxicity, which is one of the reasons you don't do things like this. Um, the other things to learn from this is after I did some research, this guy's not a board certified plastic surgeon. He did do a plastic surgery training program and actually a very prestigious one at University of California, San Francisco, but he's not board certified. And that and is you a, don't have to be board certified to be a plastic surgeon. Yes and no. If you want to practice in a facility, you have to have board certification. Like, and so that's how people practice plastic surgery when they're not plastic surgeons. They, they do it in their offices like this guy did. But he was a plastic surgeon, but he didn't get his board certification. But why is that? Why would you not get board certified if you are a real plastic? You have to take a test I mean, or Yeah, you have to take, you have to take maybe, two tests, and it's very hard. Maybe he didn't hard. pass him. Maybe he didn't pass. I mean, that's possible. I don't know, but it's weird. I mean, there's no reason in the world if you go to a plastic surgery training program that you don't get board certified. Yeah, like, like what would be the purpose of going to that school if not to get certified? Exactly. Like, yeah. And so that's, to me, that's an alarm bell. Um, it's weird. Surgery under local anesthesia. I mean, you remember when we did the, the, the segment on awake surgery and I was mm -hmm. like, I hate everything about this? This is one of the reasons I hate that. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. I would speculate if this was done in a surgery center that, um, you know, this, this wouldn't have happened. You know, because yeah. you have you have better monitoring, you have an anesthesiologist. And lastly, surgery in the office. I mean, I'm not a big fan of surgery in offices. Um, it's something I've thought about doing myself and I've kind of backed away from. 
And let me tell you why it's important in this scenario, okay? Because let me tell you what happens if I'm in the OR and a patient goes into cardiac arrest in a surgery center, okay? Number one, we have ACLS anesthesiologists that we can start the appropriate treatment, which I don't think was done in this case. Mm -hmm. I don't know that, that that's not available. But you know what does happen is somebody calls 911. You know, that, that automatically happens. And if I say no, they say, too bad, we're doing the right thing. Sucks for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, there is accountability in a surgery center. Yeah. In someone's private yours. office where you own the person, like you're paying, you know, their salary, like you can in potentially intimidate someone into mm -hmm. not saying for sure. something. You know, they, his staff members wanted to call 911 three hours before it was actually called, and he told them no. In a surgery center, that wouldn't fly. No. Like, absolutely would not fly. So I think there are things to learn from this uh, terrible tragedy. Yeah, don't do, like you've always said, if you go get plastic surgery. You got to do your research. Be, yeah, it needs yeah. to be in, make sure that they, make sure the they're board certified. The, board certified. I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, surgeries in an office are unsafe. I, I mean, mean because, I had, my, mine was done in an office. Yeah. For sure. I don't want to say I, it's I mean, unsafe. Like that I, I just, remember. <laughs> there are plenty of doctors out there, board certified plastic surgeons who have office ORs that do great work. Yeah. But when you go to an office OR, there is a less layer of regulation mm -hmm. that you always have in a surgery center. Yeah. And so, you know, if you ask me what is safer to do surgery in a surgery center or office, I mean, I can't lie. I mean, it, it is safer to do it in a surgery center. Yeah. It eliminates some risk, mm -hmm. you know, because they have to be credentialed correctly. I mean, they would, you know, they have to be board certified and there are people there to keep the doctors accountable. And mm -hmm. that's not always the case. So it's tragic. I, I think this guy's in trouble. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, um, if what, if what I read was true, like he's, he's going to go to jail, I think, but I don't know. It's all alleged. So we'll find out. We're going to have to do it. I would, I would think crazy stuff, right? Yeah. That's two plastic surgeons now charged with murder in like the last month. Speaking of which, our final segment, because <laughs> it was, there's new stuff out, is we are going to recap the plastic surgeon we talked about two weeks ago, charged with murder in Florida, the one that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, we have an update on that. And I wouldn't just normally, up, I know we were going to say we were going to do an update, but like there was some crazy stuff that came out and I was like, okay, well, we got to talk about it. Yeah, um, I want to know. So that's uh, Tom Kosowski, a uh, plastic surgeon in Florida, who just to recap for those who didn't see the episode from a couple weeks ago, allegedly... He murdered a lawyer in the lawyer's office, in the bathroom. With and when I say allegedly, there's like... like people in the building too, right? Right. So <laughs> the evidence That's against so him is that there's video of him entering the building. Uh, there was pools of blood in the bathroom. Yeah. And then there's video of him leaving the building with a cart with a something wrapped in a tarp. So that's the evidence against this guy. There's also fingerprints of him. You know, the, the, there's the guy's blood is on a ballistic vest that was in the, in the doctor's trunk. I mean... He allegedly did it, but all the evidence says that, that this guy murdered a lawyer. Yeah. The lawyer was representing a client that the doctor was suing. Um, and I don't, I can't understand the doctor. I'm sorry. The lawyer's name was Stephen Kazi. Um, you know, an upstanding guy by all accounts, uh, it's a really tragic thing. Um, so the, the new information that came out, so they've kind of dug deeper into this and there was some kind of, there was some preceding events to this. So. Kosowski, this doctor, is representing himself. You know, and you know what they say? You know the saying about a person who represents themselves? 
that they have a fool for a client. Have you ever heard that? No, but I've been listening to a lot of true crime uh -huh. things, and there was an episode about a guy that represented himself and he ended up going to jail for a yeah. crime he didn't commit. <laughs> a murder. So representing yourself <laughs> is generally a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know who would ever do that. That's just crazy. Um, so he's representing himself, and he was deposing witnesses. In, 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 so he was doing depositions from employees at this place he used to work for the trial, which is you know what they do for the witnesses. And apparently, this was happening in January, and apparently he was like really badgering this, this witness, you know, just being really rude and like really trying to intimidate them and say bad things. And so the lawyer, Kazi, rightfully, you know, was objecting to the way that he was talking to this witness. And apparently the, the plastic surgeon, Kasowski, got really upset. Mm -hmm. And he actually cornered this guy in a bathroom at, 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 at this place, at the, I guess, the courthouse where they were doing this and confronted him about it. And apparently they had some sort of altercation, not physical, but mm -hmm. like this verbal altercation. And so that was in January. And then, of course, in February, uh, there was some rulings that came down against the plastic surgeon. You know, like, you know, they, when they're trying to build this case, there's, you know, motions and this and that. So this, this Cozy, the lawyer, made some um, motions that went against him in February. And, I, and they think that that's what really kind of set this guy off. Mm -hmm. And so then on March 21st was the day that this lawyer, Cozy, was, was killed. And then what's even crazy, so immediately after this guy goes missing. This plastic surgeon was on a Zoom call that was a, a hearing, and the lawyer was supposed to be there, and of course the lawyer didn't show up. And they found out that he was actually doing that Zoom call from the parking lot of the lawyer's office. Like he was doing it from his car, and they figured probably out Probably with the- Like the, right after he like that, allegedly killed yeah, him. Yeah, he's probably in his trunk. Could have been. So, uh, Crazy stuff. The other thing I found out about, this guy was not a board-certified board plastic surgeon either. You know? I mean, uh, he, I, I thought he was because he was listed as being board-certified, but someone contacted the American Board of Plastic Surgery. They said he was not in their list, and I actually did a search. I can, you can actually go to the American Board of Plastic Surgery and search. I made sure my name was on there. Uh, I am listed. Yes, um, we but have to make Dr. Sure that. <laughs> Kosowski is not. So he is not a board-certified plastic surgeon uh, which I don't know. I mean, I, in this case where he murdered a lawyer, I mean, I don't know what that, if that really is pertinent. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's just, I it's just one other thing. They're, they're prone to more risky behavior. Maybe. I don't know. I, that, that might be true. That might be true. But so I found out some very interesting. So this, this doctor actually was involved in a lawsuit. Um, and it was really weird. So he, he had this really odd, and throw up his Instagram there. This is this is this guy's Instagram. Yeah, Dr. Tampa Bay 69. Isn't that weird? Like would, So professional. Would, I mean, I know, right? I mean, it's kind of like, that's like what maybe make his gamer tag on Xbox would be or something. But like your professional Instagram, I feel like 69. It's like he just became a plastic surgeon to like do people's like chest. I don't know, like, that's man. What it, that's what the vibe would give off if I saw that I thought, I thought that doctor. was really, really... Odd that just his name was Tampa Bay 69. But so he, he apparently odd. solicited a 19 year old Instagram model, like was flipping through Instagram, found this 19 year old girl, you know, social media influencer, and direct messaged her saying that he wanted to do a, a Brazilian butt lift for her and that he would do it really cheap. And so, of course, this girl like looked him up, saw that he was, you know, a surgeon and then thought he was certified. 
And so she had the surgery with them. And apparently there was like some severe complications from that. And then like a, a lawsuit ensued. And actually it's still pending, but of course now it's probably not, not going to happen since he's, you know, one of, one of the murder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. You know, the, to me, that's a huge warning sign. If a plastic surgeon is soliciting you for a procedure, you should be nervous. I mean, that's not appropriate. Uh, I would never, you know, get on someone's Insta and be like, Hey, I really want to do, you know, your whatever, especially if you don't know them. I mean, I mean, I, I don't, even people I know I'm against that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, that's kind of an alarm bell for me. And the other thing was really interesting, the last thing that we can learn from this, you know, he was working at one of those plastic surgery mills. You know, we always talk about that, where it's a business that hires plastic surgeons to do surgery for cheap. You know, they, they, they charge cheap prices. They use a lot of marketing and get a lot of high volume in there. And then they charge cheap prices and they use doctors that they pay like, you know, pennies on the dollar. So what was interesting is I found an ad from them. So throw up that last thing, Troll, was that last picture. So uh, this is the plastic surgery ad, and it says, wow, special with board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Tom Kosowski. So I think that's really, you know... Is that him? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Um, I think that that is a little bit alarming because that's false advertising. You know, he's not board-certified, and so someone could potentially read that and, and think that they were going to a certified doctor when in reality they're not. And, and that's kind of a, you know, side note to the whole murder charge. But, but you know, he was under, you know, having, he did have a, a lawsuit against him for this, you know, botched BBL allegedly. Um, but it's just kind of like an interesting thing that, you know, perhaps these surgery mills are not always truthful, you know, when they talk about their doctors. I had never seen one like flat out kind of lie like that. Yeah. Or maybe he lied to them, but still they should, you know, follow up on that. That's why I'm not a huge fan of those plastic surgery mills because of the potential issues that could happen. So That's scary. Crazy stuff, right? I mean, I can't believe in one month two plastic surgeons charged with murder. The first one's even crazier, man. I, it's one thing if a guy you know, goes postal and you know, kills somebody with a gun or however he did it, but the yeah. one where it was just kind of a neglectful murder is just, wow. We're going to have to follow up on that. Yeah. Absolutely. I want you to follow up on your chat GPT thing too. Sarah. I know. I'm interested to see. Yeah, definitely got to do that. All right. I think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. We really do appreciate it. Please leave us a like, leave us a comment. We want to hear from you. What topic should we do next? Maybe we'll do it next week on Nip Talk.